0: It said that visibility is one of the greatest Influences in empowering people To pursue their dreams and inspiring Them to set goals that would otherwise seem Unattainable. Throughout my life I've seen This to be true time and time again. That's why A few years ago I quit my job working At a fast-paced, venture-backed technology Startup to travel the world telling The stories of a new generation Of innovators, makers, creators And leaders who are taking risks Forging their own paths to success And shaking up the marketplace in return Well, innovation isn't About highlighting the exceptional stories of a few individuals. It's about empowering you to forge a new future path. It's about learning from the experiences, the successes, and the failures of our peers. And most of all, it's a place to think through the unconventional strategies that will help all of us get where we're going a little bit faster. It all starts here on the Millennial Innovators Podcast.
1: So I'm reading this book right now, and it's probably going to come out a lot as I talk because I love it. It's all about like identity, okay? And it's funny because you said introduce yourself, like say who you are and what you do, and this book kind of unpacks how we associate our identity by what we do. Right. So it's like I am what I do, or I am what I have, or I am what I think about myself. Right. And this whole book is like sort of dismantling that.
0: Like you are not what you no, do. you're
1: more than that. Or you're, 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 you were something before all those things. And what is that?
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: But for the sake of, I mean, that's just how we communicate. That's how we connect now. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, now I know more about you. I've like created a little mini miniature you in my head. So right. I can.
0: I can put you in that associate box. Associate you. Right. I can follow you Your, here.
1: You're in finance yeah. which is the box that I keep in my closet cuz I don't know anything about. Right. Um, but yeah, so my name is Wesley Curtis and I um I'm an actor. That's what I that's <laughs> that's the label. That's like the big that's the big bright label.
0: But you're so much more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am more um I love um I love storytelling. I love, um, Oh man, it's just so hard to, I spend so much time thinking about this and yet when somebody asks me, it's hard to condense it. Um, yeah, I mean, right. So right now I'm an unemployed actor that that's like the like legit sort of situation. Um, but it's awesome. You know what I mean? Like if I say I'm an unemployed actor, it's like people go, oh, I'm sorry. And I, I have to respond by it's actually really, really cool right now. Like I'm in this awesome season of rediscovering my passions and my craft and like falling more in love with something that I at one point had stepped away from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What else should I say?
0: Can I ask uh-huh. um, what led you... Okay, so you're in this season of rediscovery, maybe?
1: Yeah, rediscovery is a good word.
0: And externally, that looks like being unemployed. Yeah,
1: externally, (laughs) it's very, like, not glamorous. Right. Yeah.
0: But what was the season before? Like, what led you into this season of rediscovery, or what preceded it?
1: The season before rediscovery was... Oh man, it was like mental, lethargic, like numb, phone it in, like collect a paycheck. Really? Yeah, like I had a day job and.
0: Not acting.
1: Not acting. What was your day job? Checking attendance and. Administrative. Very administrative. Wow. Which is not me.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't see you doing that at all.
1: I, yeah, it was a, I settled. I was, um,. I was compromising my abilities. I mean, I was, I was functioning at like 40% capacity every day. Wow. You know what I mean? So like I just kind of, my creativity atrophied and I just, yeah, I was just going through the motions. And um, But the reason why I was in that season is because I was very hurt from um, a lot of disillusionment thinking because my identity was so wrapped up in things like being an actor or um yeah just i think that was the main thing because my identity was wrapped up in being an actor i came to a crossroads where i sort of realized It's not going to meet the expectations, like the the hunger that I have inside of me, the passion that are that's leading me towards being an actor won't actually become fulfilled if I get what I think I need. Mm. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah, it's really complex. Um,
0: (laughs) I think I know what you mean, but I think when you say when you say you mean your dreams won't necessarily fulfill you.
1: Exactly. So I was like, oh, I went to school to be an actor. I moved to New York to be an actor. I was hustling. I was, everything I was doing was poised at this dream. And then I kind of had a sobering moment where I realized this dream will not fulfill me. Yeah. I mean, come on. We see it all the time. We see people at the top. Yeah. And they're like, they're lo- they're, they're driving their lives into the ground because they're just... They're going crazy. They're they're, I don't know. Um, they're still empty, right? Right. So I kind of had. So in this book, he talks about what book? It's called the Sacred Enneagram. Woo. Have you heard of the Enneagram?
0: I have.
1: Have we talked about this? The Enneagram. I, I
0: think, don't know if I talked about it with you. Okay. What is an Enneagram?
1: So it's like a. It's like a. Hmm. On the surface, it looks like a personality typography.
0: Right. It's like the opposite of, or like the inverse of Myers-Briggs almost, it's, right? It's,
1: it's a similar like typography thing, okay. but it's so much th- th- in this book, he's unpacking it in a way where it's so much more than just like, oh, you're kind of like this type and you're this type. It's actually a very in-depth look at why our personalities are the way they are and what we really truly need and how we specifically go about it, because you'll go about your fears differently than I will. Right. And you'll go about your dreams differently than I will. And you'll respond to like heartbreak differently than I will. Right. Um, so this is, yeah. So you should definitely check this out. Who's it by? I, I don't remember the author's okay. name. I'll find it. But um, I can send you the test, so you got to take the test, okay. and then you got to see like what type you are, okay. and then you just have to read about it because it like it reads you. You know what I mean? Like you're reading like the type that you are, and you you it's very alarming because you're like it kind of ex- you feel very exposed, and you're like oh my gosh, like I do do that, and I don't really think about why did I start talking about the enneagram.
0: Well, I asked you. Why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> and I mean, you're talking just... about identity, which is so true, right? Which is actually really a good follow-up. So this whole season is about it's called Underdogs and Unforgettables, right?
1: Yeah. And I love that. It's a cool. Th-
0: thanks. And I very much always I feel as though, although may, maybe outwardly it might not seem like it. I feel like I am definitely an underdog. Um uh,
1: Which again, is how you see yourself.
0: It's how my perception is reality, right?
1: So one of the things it talks about, like the biggest lies about our identity is I am what I do. Yeah. I am what I have. I am what I think about myself. So if you're telling yourself I'm an underdog, yeah, you're putting that there.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I don't think I used to think of myself as that. I think entrepreneurship has taught me that because I've realized that and this is something like going back to childhood, but I've never been able to accomplish things mm. going the standard route. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, most people don't know this. I don't really share it. But I have like massive ADD. Mm-hmm. My parents never believed in ADD growing up. I'm still not really sure that they do. Okay. And I think most people think it's
1: like a cop out or something.
0: Like a cop out. Yeah. But it's actually pretty debilitating okay. if you really have this like chemical imbalance until you learn. Until you realize you have it and you learn how to deal with it. Right. And how to balance yourself out. Yeah. But when you don't, and when you're trying not to be associated with it or you feel like it's a weakness, it's very much, it's very easy for uh, it to create challenges. So growing up, being told ADD wasn't a real thing, I just knew that I couldn't achieve is the same way my friends could, right? Did so, you think,
1: like, something's wrong with me?
0: I think I always knew I had ADD. Okay. And every time I brought it up to my parents, they were like, that's ridiculous. So then how did
1: you explain this thing that you couldn't wrap your mind around?
0: I didn't. I just knew that I had to do what I had to do to pass, and if that meant going to my teachers and negotiating with them at the age of fifth grade.
1: Right. Wow. How'd it go? Great. <laughs> it worked.
0: Yeah. You like.
1: Just, bribed your teachers.
0: I didn't bribe them. It was negotiation like, hey, I'm really sorry. What can I do to make this up? Right. Can I have extra credit? Can I stop sleeping and you'll give me benefit of the doubt? Whatever. So I just learned how to negotiate and also be very transparent about taking fault. Mm -hmm. And no, Mm -hmm. like I knew that it was my problem. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not like I was going home and not working. I was trying to study. Right, right, right. It's just like... When you have to read something 27 times over and you still don't know what it says. It's like, you know, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. Something's going on. In college, I ended up graduating like magna cum laude and getting over a 4.0.
1: Kick ass. I think
0: by that point, I had acknowledged that I learned differently than other
1: people. And you embraced it.
0: And I embraced it. And you
1: found your rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I also found teachers for the first time who really thought I was smart. I never really, I just never thought I was smart Mm -hmm. before I went to college and I studied communications. Right. And so until I realized that, oh, I'm not really good at math yet, but what I am good at is identifying patterns, whether that be with language or behavior, and then realize, oh, numbers can be a pattern too, right? You know, and it, but nobody ever really took the time to like break that down with me. Okay. So I just always thought I was dumb, Mm. but I knew I had street smarts. So I had to make up for that with being relational Mm -hmm. and being able to connect Mm. with whether it be my professors or, you know, my gym teacher weightlifting class. Like, can I go wash the jerseys? Because I know that I can't lift the weights. Wow. (laughs) So if I'll wash the like basketball jerseys during class, if you'll pass me and It's it's devotion, it's like, that's what you do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like your personality is like this combination of what you say about yourself.
0: Yes. That's what it was. And I said I was an underdog. Yeah.
1: And I don't and think. I said, did you tell yourself that? Right. And then you said.
0: I don't think I ever considered myself an underdog until I decided that I was a fan of underdogs. Mm. Like I like the underdogs. You saw it as a positive. Lens. Yeah. So like, I see it as a positive.
1: I'll embrace that.
0: Yeah. Like I was saying with jobs. I never apply to a job online because I know that I don't stand out that way. Hmm. I didn't go to Harvard. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. have those things, paper, yeah. but I know that if I can get myself in front of someone, yep. they'll believe me when I say I'll work harder than anybody else right? to achieve right. like what you need achieved. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is that the way that you're describing yourself mm-hmm. right now is yes. like, it's just funny because to me, So, like I said, this season's all about underdogs and unforgettables. And to me, like, I look at you and I'm like, you're an unforgettable. Like, you've made it huge. It's like
1: the biggest (laughs) compliment anyone could ever say to anyone else.
0: Well, you are, though. Like, you're just, to me, I look at you and I'm like, Wesley has it all together.
1: Oh, the beauty of social media.
0: Right. Or just (laughs) the beauty of perception, I guess. Perception, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, You know, you've made it big on like I've seen you in some huge commercials and things like that. And I think probably anybody else who might be your peer would probably look at you enviously, right? But it's so interesting to hear that you're actually in a season which would externally be mm, considered like unattractive. unattractive. Un- yeah. Un- what unwanted. is Wesley yeah. doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or 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 not worth very much. Right oh, I see them in a commercial, like your value skyrockets, right? Because right. it's like, oh, fame equals more worth. Right. Or, uh, or influence, being seen equals more worth. And it's like, oh, being in, um, being unemployed equals a lot less worth. Right. Um, And, you know, I'm not posting about being unemployed, right? Right. I'll post like, <laughs> I'm
0: unemployed. Yeah.
1: I mean, now, granted, I try not to, you know, I try to be very mindful about posting wins because I think it is very easy for social media to become a competition ground, but, um, but yeah, I mean that whole perception thing drives me crazy. You know, where we just, we, we look at somebody's, what's the saying? Don't compare somebody's highlight reel with your behind the scenes. It's so true. Yeah. You've, you've heard that.
0: I have heard that, but I forgot about it.
1: It's so true. (laughs) And we do it. We do it. And we don't think twice about doing it. We love to beat ourselves up with somebody else's highlight reel.
0: 100%. No matter what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Relationships, like right, anything, right?
1: It's and dumb. it's so, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a waste of time.
0: So, to you, what does it mean to be like unforgettable?
1: To be unforgettable. Yeah. Hmm. What does it mean to be unforgettable? Um, like, how do I define it, or how do I think?
0: How do you define?
1: How do I define it? unforgettable? Hmm. Ah, man. I mean, personally, the impact on my life. So I went on a trip this summer to Italy. I told you about this, right? Did we talk about this? I don't
0: this? know if we talked about it, but I saw it and it yeah. looked amazing. Right.
1: Again, the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a huge <laughs> highlight trip this summer. <laughs> uh, and I got to experience in person the artwork from the renaissance, the Italian renaissance. And wow. so like Michelangelo and, um, da like the Sistine
0: Chapel and the
1: Sistine Chapel was, <laughs> you know, it's cliche of course, but it's, it's cliche because it's, you've seen it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's breathtaking. It's alive. It's shocking. It's
1: a lot. Like the art is breathing. Yeah. And Michelangelo's work in particular just did something in me. It like, it like, carved like this new like it like sculpted my creative like essence yeah i had like a little creative stone that i rubbed for inspiration inside of me it has like a new like niche now because of him um that's unforgettable to me because that like that made an imprint on my soul you know what i mean um people that are unforgettable to me are people that i connected with or that that influenced me or impacted me. Um, I mean, I don't know. The typical answer is like Steve jobs is unforgettable. He changes, he changes the world with the iPhone or, you know, Martin Luther King is unforgettable. He, you know, he shifted an entire culture. And, um, but I think if I think about it personally, fame to me is not unforgettable. Unforgettable to me is like somebody that uh, impacts the trajectory of my life. You know what I mean? And that can be like in a good or a bad way. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I've had like I've had like awful bosses that are <laughs> unforgettable because they like challenge the shit out of me. Right. And I appreciate that, um, but it was kind of a negative at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know on uh, on the flip side like people that people that inspire me or you know that unlock a new understanding for me or yeah unforgettable i think that's yeah i think that's my answer
0: it's interesting that you bring up like the horrible bosses right i've had so many conversations this week about how about leadership and how like if we never have have a personal example of what bad leadership or bad management looks like, Mm -hmm. how do we know that we're truly a good leader and that we're not doing that, what's been done to us, which sucks.
1: Right. It's a great (laughs) learning experience. Yeah. Bad leadership is a great learning
0: experience. I think it's more formative than (laughs) than
1: good leadership. leadership. Yeah.
0: (laughs) if everybody always treats you with respect and you know like
1: you you take it for granted or you, you think that it's the norm and
0: yeah and you just i don't know it
1: yeah
0: it, it's different you're mm-hmm. not as aware when you're doing something negative to somebody else
1: sure yeah
0: knowing what you say is unforgettable okay like, I consider you the greatest, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, um, one Such of the hyperbole. greatest. hyperbole, <laughs> right?
1: oh my gosh, the greatest of all time. <laughs> no big deal.
0: You are, you're one of the greatest in my opinion. But I think like personally, especially people who have ambitions and dreams, like mm. we never feel like we're there. No. And again, like, it's just so interesting that we're talking at this time mm. because yeah, technically you're unemployed, which what does that even mean as an actor? Like,
1: you know, you're always, I mean, you're, you're perpetually
0: unemployed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You do
1: a job and then you're not, I mean, even even like Leonardo DiCaprio in between his movies is unemployed. Yeah. He's got a million dollars to pad that time. So he's doing okay. So
0: isn't that like technically, it's not a bad thing because it just means you're looking for your next opportunity, right?
1: You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I've never been in a season where I didn't have work. How do I say it? Kansas. I've always either had a day job. Yeah. I've always had a day job, actually. Really? Period. Full stop. Okay. I've always had a day job. So even as I was acting, so this is the first time that I just I haven't had a day job and that's a huge like that's a huge blessing because last year I was able to work on jobs that could pad me for a couple of months. Mm. So yes, what you're saying is absolutely true. Like, and I need to, I need to, I need to tell myself that more because sometimes I do look at it like I'm, I'm lost in the woods. You know what I mean? And I don't have the route to my next income, but yet it's, I'm, I should be extremely grateful that I'm not sweating to, um, get a job ASAP. Yeah. You know, like I do. And I, and when I first left, um, left, uh, my day job, it, it was exhilarating cause it felt like the world's my oyster, yeah. what's going to happen next. So now, now that's evened out a little bit. So now I'm kind of having to come into the perseverance part of showing up and doing, doing the work and being consistent though. I'm not seeing the results. Right. Um, which, is great. It's great. It's a great thing to develop and yeah. it's, and it's my season. So I'm embracing it. Um,
0: have you read the book, uh, grit G R I T who wrote that? Angela Duckworth.
1: Someone told me about it. I don't know. It, if might, it, was have you. it might
0: have been me. You. <laughs> uh, you've got to read it. I read it and I read it three grit. times, like within a matter of weeks. Uh, you read it
1: three times back, in to, a back matter to back of weeks. Yeah. Gosh,
0: because grit. I feel like, when I bought it, I was exactly what you're describing
1: Okay.
0: in the place where you have to push wow. through where you're not seeing the results.
1: Yeah. And I have mixed feelings about that place because sometimes we push when we shouldn't be pushing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes we're not pushing when we should.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's it's hard. It's difficult. It's you have to discern that. Yeah. Um and so I'm definitely day to day having to make that decision. Right. Do I do I push today where I'm not where it's not giving or do I kind of relax into whatever this is? Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to read it. Done.
0: Okay. So how do you discern that? Do you know yet? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's a case by case. You know, it's a case by case situation. Um, I when I first when I first left my job, I had all these. I had kind of a to do list: check in with this person, meet with this person. You know, uh, sign up for this, do this, da, 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 da. and then once I exhausted the list, I was kind of like, uh, now what? Yeah. And um, yeah, I just had a really strong sense that the steps would unfold in time. So I haven't got to a place where I feel like it's been super dry and I've had to, like, push so hard. Each step kind of has been unfolding and I've found a nice, I don't know, I've found found a good pace, I guess.
0: Yeah. Can I ask? This is, like, a little bit of a prying question, so don't feel like you have to answer it. But, like, okay, you quit your job either because... So So I was let go. Okay, you were let go. Right,
1: which... Again, Which is different. It sounds, it sounds bad, right? It's like, oh my god, you're let like, go. Oh, but but sometimes it's, a, that's, it's
0: exactly what you were asking for. No, that's
1: the thing. I've, I was there for three years, yeah. and I knew that it was inevitable that I was going to leave. There was no way that was going to be my career, right? And it's almost like, what's going to come first? Am I going to get so fed up that I have to leave, or am I finally going to have that little push that I needed to right. get out? Yeah. And, and then it, and it happened. I mean, I li- like I went on my vacation and I came back. I think it was like two or three weeks after my vacation, I got the call and I knew like I could feel it coming.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Things were just weird. And
1: it's not that things were weird, but there was a shift in the company. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us kind of were looking side eye around like, "Mm, something's probably going to have to give a little bit and i just in the pit of my stomach i was like i think this is my moment yeah <laughs> you know i i was actually excited about it um because it was an excuse for me to i don't know to 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 go into the next season yeah and like i was telling you i was phoning it in so i and i was ready that's i think that's the big thing is like sometimes we try to force these transitions. It's like, I'm sick of waiting or I'm sick of this thing that I'm in and I want the next thing now. Yeah. And sometimes it's premature. Sometimes we're not ready for it. Yeah. And in this scenario, I, like it was time. And so when it did happen, it felt right. And it yeah. was like, yes. And I was exhilarated and I was ready to throw my resources and my energy into this, into rediscovering my passion, like I was saying. And, and it was unmistakable. Um, I forgot the question again.
0: <laughs> I asked when you quit, like, did yeah. you quit because you got fed up or oh, because you oh. were like, I have a goal and this action isn't leading me to it.
1: Right. So and you said
0: neither. Really? Neither. It was what, a force. It was
1: neither because there were so many inner conversations that I had with myself over the past three years. Yeah. Should I leave? Like, yeah. am I fed up enough yet? Like, yeah. uh, is that like, do I, do I, do I stop earning the money so that I can em- embrace the craft the full struggle time, but and, then how do I pay for it? And how right. you know, we all, I mean, all of us dreamers, that's what we have to deal with. I mean, unless we're like independently wealthy or trust fund babies, which the majority of us aren't, are not. <laughs> we are having to negotiate that
0: struggle yeah. of being idealistic and,
1: and realistic
0: and realistic yeah. in the fact that I have to pay for rent. Right. I think. Right. <laughs> you know, there's Which, no And around.
1: like you were saying, you have to, you have to forge your path, whether it means bribing your eighth grade teacher with pizza or, <laughs> you know, you, you learn. And that's the thing is like, if you want it bad enough, you're going to forge your path.
0: Yeah. It's perseverance.
1: Yeah. And, and it's the passion and it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that undeniable, I don't know what to describe it. This thing of like, I mean, people say actors get so sick of hearing this, but people say all the time to actors, if you can't do anything else, then be an actor. Really? If you can do anything else, as in like, if you would be happy doing Doing anything else, else. do that. Yeah. But if you can't, then be an actor because, because you, you, you will not, you will not chop through the Amazon jungle for years and possibly decades. Right. Unless you have to. Right. And because you
0: have to do this because
1: that's just your thing. That's just, that's who you are, you know? And I think for me, that's what I discovered is like, I tried to, I tried to go away from it and I tried to go, okay, maybe this isn't me as devastating as that was to yeah. my sense of self. Cause again, my identity was wrapped up in it. And so that was part of this whole crisis that I had. That is as I had to divorce my identity from this dream that I had welded to like who I was. So I had to like undo that and it was really painful. And then I was like, great. So let's go explore what's happening next. And then, and then I couldn't, I couldn't escape it. I yeah. couldn't, it came back. And, um, you know and now I have a new love for it and now I have a mature love for it and now um, I don't know there's more depth there's more appreciation um, there's more reverence you know right it's not just this thing that I I just I've just been doing this for ten years so I guess I'll keep doing it no it's this it's this it's this relationship that had dysfunction and and now it's been healed but it's still you know a mess sometimes so it's this beautiful
0: All right. (laughs) That is amazing. I didn't even ask the question, but you answered it anyways. Yes. Yes. So now that you've realized, I don't want to say what you were called to do, but like almost like what you were, what you cannot do, what you cannot not do.
1: What you, yep. Right? Can't not do.
0: Yeah. Which is so interesting that you say that. Actors people say to actors, if you can do anything else and be happy, do it. Yeah. Because I feel like there was a very defining point in my like entrepreneurship yep. journey where two people who I admire, they're two of my personal like heroes in my industry, Joe Pulitzi and Robert Rose, and uh they came to New York to do like a master class and I took it and they had they already knew me because I've been following them around for years <laughs> and um stalking them. basically great mildly
1: you're their groupie
0: i'm not really stalking them <laughs> but i'm like the person that interjects into all their conversations and they're like oh it's oh, millenovator hey, like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they said when they saw me they're like okay that's how you make your online heroes yeah, become your real life that's friends. how you do it and now they know i'm not like a crazy weirdo i'm right. just like a precocious kid with a dream, right? Yeah. There's a big...
1: Tenacious.
0: Finite difference between like... ...stalking (laughs) and dreaming, I guess.
1: Sure, sure. Tenacious. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But I remember when they were here, me being like, I have another mentor who is actually very good friends with them. They're kind of at the same level in their career. And I was saying how this person, I had recently seen him at um, a conference and he was like, Cat, I don't know what you're doing. You're super smart and like you have everything it takes, but you need a big name company because right now you're nobody. And once you get that job, you know, that big job at that big name company, you're validated, which really threw me for a loop because I'm like, the whole reason why I went into entrepreneurship was kind of because I felt like I wasn't getting the opportunities I needed.
1: You wanted to make them.
0: I wanted to make them for yep. myself and prove to everyone that it didn't matter how old I was. Or what I had done that, yes, experience makes us smarter because we learn what not to do. But ultimately, if I work hard enough, I can be just as good as anybody else. And it threw me for a loop. So then I'm seeing these guys a couple weeks later and I'm telling them I'm really conflicted. Do I keep pushing forward? Although there's no, like, there's no financial resource in sight. There's nothing in mm-hmm. sight do I keep pushing forward? And Joe, who is the actual founder and CEO of this company, which actually got acquired like a year ago or two content marketing Institute. It was the largest acquisition of a media company ever. I think
1: wow.
0: he, he looked at me and he said, listen, can you get a job? And I was like, yeah, I mean I can do anything I need to right? Like I know that I can do whatever it takes. And he's like, okay, do you want to get a job and work for somebody else? And I was like, No, and he's like, then go build your dream. And you know that you can always get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Boom. And there it was.
1: Was that like a like mind-blowing thing?
0: It just was like, it wasn't even mind-blowing. It was just like, yeah, you're right. Like, why duh. do I... It was almost like freeing. Uh, it was yeah, like, why do yeah. I care what other people... And that was the turning point. Yeah. Where I stopped That's it. asking... I stopped looking to mentors mm. and heroes so much. And I just right. started... You stopped
1: looking for validation. I stopped
0: looking for validation right. from everyone else. Right. Which I think in hindsight took a lot of like yeah. a lot of wasted time and energy being like, do you think I'm going down the right path? Sure. Yeah. Do you think I'm going down the right path? Yeah. Ultimately, of course, nobody thinks you're going down the right path. You're right. doing something that's never been done before.
1: Yeah. They don't know the path you, you're, you're going, making the path. Yeah. You're I don't even path. know the path. Right. right? Do but you we f- want permission? We want, yeah, it's like, it like gives us a sense of security. Somebody, yeah. You gave me permission. So I must be I must be okay if I do this.
0: Right. Do you feel like you came to a similar point?
1: Oh God. I mean actors we actors are validation black holes. Are you kidding me? Like every time we go into an audition room, it's like
0: Validate me, validate me, me, validate me. Am I good? Am I good? You're looking for the
1: Yeah, we have to we we, yeah, because, you know, we our (laughs) our value as an actor is basically put up for auction in like, you know, 60 seconds in a room of people that don't know us. So it's like you walk into an audition. I want this part and I have to prove to you in two minutes that That I'm I'm good enough for this part. And there's 20 other people in this room now who you curated from a list of 2000. Yeah. So the demand is high. The supply is low. And I'm vying for your stamp of approval, Uh, your Your validation, right? So we're constantly looking, am I getting it here? Am I getting it here? Because we think that's where the jobs will come. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, as an actor, I think it's monumental for you to realize that you cannot depend on validation from the business for your worth and for your, to sustain your love and your passion. Because even if you, listen, even if you, book all the work. Even if you become this famous person, you got the critics knocking on your door saying you suck or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so if you're still taking your validation from what people think, you're going to be miserable your whole life.
0: Right. And it doesn't really matter how successful the world or you or your mom or your agent says you are. It doesn't really matter how much money you make. Ultimately, somebody is always going to poke holes
1: in your validation bubble
0: in your validation bubble. Yeah. And if your self-worth is built on the bubble on
1: what people think,
0: then what it's fragile. Say. Yeah. It's super fragile and you have no way of sustaining it.
1: And I mean, obviously it's, there's, it's a, it's a weird paradox cause it's like, well, I need, they have to, they have to want to work with me. Right. Right to book me so that I can do this business or like you, if you're building a company, you, you clients won't have to work with you.
0: 100%. It's very much the same way. As soon as I, I have to go into a conversation and win their approval, even to continue having a conversation with them. Right. If, if they don't know me, I have to go in, you know, I have to go in blind with the goal of getting their contact information or them being able to remember who I am when I, creepily find their email and email them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like.
1: But I think there's a difference between what I think what we have to do. And I think as we mature, we're able to kind of dissect with like a surgeon's knife. Like we're able to like surgically remove our self-worth. Right. From our business or our craft or our passion. Right. As much as we love and care about that thing, we have to be able to separate. This person didn't want to meet with me today cat is still awesome. Like I still, I'm, I'm, I'm whole, I'm healthy. I'm good. I'm doing what I love. Wes didn't book this audition that he really, really, really wanted. That doesn't mean they hate me. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad actor. That doesn't mean that I, I should quit. Right. But it's hard.
0: How do you work through it?
1: How do you work through?
0: How have you found to maintain your self worth and self esteem?
1: There's, I don't think, man, I don't think that there's a simple answer to that because it's, it's, it's a, it took, it's taken me a really long time. It's taken me a really long and nuanced journey of putting my hopes and dreams in this, losing it. Right. It's, I mean, I think a lot, I think suffering really teaches you that, you know what I mean? Cause you can, people can listen to us talk about it all day and go, oh, that makes sense in my head. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. I understand that. But until you like go through the pain of something that you put your validation in, just crush you. I don't think that you have the the motivation to split those things apart. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of takes a lot of soul awareness and like transformation and yeah.
0: learning how to stitch yourself back together. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then and where do you put your hope if you don't put it in? Do you know what I mean? So there, right. it's the question of like, well, we're need. all invested in something. Mm-hmm. We're all we all put our hopes and our our fulfillment on something so the question is where does that end up you right know what i mean and so i've i've had to learn where to put that and where not to put it
0: right so it's so interesting because again this conversation has just like naturally gone everywhere it's made right? to be like like what i was just like the kind of the fourth i split every episode into four pieces and the Great. fourth piece four is. Acts. Taking the L, taking the loss, but getting back up. And, like, how do you do that? Mm. And it sounds to me like that's kind of what we just stumbled into, right? Yeah. Is like, mm. and it sounds like it's all about identifying like what you had to work through when you left your job. Mm. And, and maybe something you're still working through, I don't know, is like deciding where you're going to find your value mm. and where you're not gonna take your value from right yeah yeah is it something you're still working through
1: that's something that i've been working through for years yeah um so i think i was kind of alluding to this earlier in our conversation before the job i was like full-time acting hustle Mm -hmm. i went on a trip to africa with some great friends cool and i i saw the world outside of America. Hmm. So my perspective was jarred in a great way. Came back. I did some production work on a film set. So I wasn't acting. I was doing production work with some incredible people. Like, like, like a dream team, like people that are passionate and so skilled and so gifted and talented and their hearts are just great. Like you just love, spending time with them. And it's you the don't usually get all of those things. Like that's like that's like a myth, right? That's
0: the dream. Yeah. So
1: like I go to Africa, I have this crazy like eye opening experience. I come back and I work on set in in these roles that I've never done before, like ADing, like assistant directing, and like I've helped produce in some ways because it was just such like an empowering environment. After those two experiences, I had such a, uh a decline, like a depression, because I, I was so high on life because of those things. Afterward, I came down and I was like, what am I even doing with my life? Like, yeah. why am I doing this hustle? I just started questioning everything because I would tasted this fruit of yeah. like creative deliciousness that made me so alive. And I was like, why am I not feeling this way when I act? Am I not supposed to be an actor? So I started questioning everything. And that I think started the, the, the ball rolling of like, well, what do I value and why do I value it? Why have I valued acting? Is this really who I am? And that just, you know, that was a, that was a slippery slope. Um, Less of a slippery slope, more like the rabbit hole, like the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole that I think, I think it's really scary to go down there. Um, because that's where we start talking about our value and like why we do things. You know, you talk about your ad. You talk about ADD in your childhood yeah. from a very mature place. But I think,
0: but it's also a thing that I don't. It is a. I mean, imagine hole. you
1: struggled with it though at some point because it's like oh, all the time because this is weird it. thing about me that it, like my parents aren't really accepting it. Like, so and I'm it also sh-
0: has this weird stigma of being like it's the a stigma, fake, yeah, the fit. Right. And the word learning disability is a stigma. And then it's like also the fake learning disability, right. you know, like right. ADD is just being lazy.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: And honestly, I hate, I hate the fact that I even like went into this big tangent on it because it doesn't define me. Right.
1: Right. But you've had to go through a process <laughs> to be able to say those sentences,
0: one hundred percent, to be able
1: to talk about ADD in a healthy way, yeah, and or, say this yeah. is a part of me, and to go a step further to say, but it doesn't define me, and really believe that, yeah. You know what I mean, you know that, yeah, and that that's a process that doesn't happen overnight, right? We we like the investigation of our values, the investigation of our passions and our dreams. That's like that is like a marathon, you know. That's like a I'm thinking of like a. Model like I don't know like a model you know how they make like I think it was like my brother had like like Star a clay Wars model models.
0: yeah you know what oh, I mean yeah 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 and it's
1: like it takes like hours like to like model glue the pieces on yeah yeah. yeah yeah
0: all those things are meticulous it's yeah, not it just it like forever.
1: a pop up book where it's no. just like boom this is who I am you have to like go in and each piece has to you have to figure it out and you have to oh I messed up I have to redo it I have to take the glue off like it's an intricate thing yeah so I think that to answer your question in a very long way. I've been doing the whole value placement dance for like for years. And I don't know that we ever stop because we always we're always influenced by other people, you know, and we have our tendencies where it's easier to put my value on the fact that I've done a commercial because you're like, "Yo, you're so awesome. You've done this commercial. I'm like, wow, that feels good that you've said that. Let me put my value in it. It's easy to just do that. But affirmation. To, right. But I have to go easy, Wes. Like, you know, that if you, if you start dumping all your value on that, eventually that's going to leave you empty and that's going to leave you with this false perception of who you are. Right. So it's this weird developmental thing. Yeah. Ongoing. It, it's like ongoing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Stay humble. It's sit like sit down. Yeah. Be humble. Maintaining the, hum- yeah. Sit down, be humble.
1: Oh, that's Kendrick right? Lamar. Have well, you not heard I don't know. It's ra- it's I a, probably it's have pop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great, great line, Kendrick. Uh um, yeah, it's Kendrick. But it's true, right? It's like stand up, accept the praise, but sit down, be humble.
1: Because yeah, you know that yeah, tomorrow. You can do like, both. Yeah. yeah, you can do both.
0: My favorite thing I've ever heard, I've I have possibly said this on a on an episode before, is like this quote that I heard Steven Spielberg say at the Oscar? Okay. Is that where do they honor like movies? Yeah, yeah, Oscars. Yeah, Academy Awards. Yep. Oscars mm-hmm. or Academy Awards. And he was like, you know, nights like tonight, like this is the magic, this is the glitz, the glam. I might have just you said told this, me this to you, Dude, at Jameson's Yeah, yeah, keep, keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> this is where the magic happens like the red carpet, the paparazzi, everybody's dressed up. But tomorrow, it's back to work with an old man and a dusty keyboard in a dimly lit room with the shades drawn where nobody else is. And that's where the work happens. And that's the hardest part. But at the same time, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for what we do. And that's not glamorous. But everybody thinks it is. And everybody thinks that this is reality. But that is actually the reality. And it's so funny because right before I moved to New York, New York, I... I had my first like stint working in the entertainment industry and that's exactly what it was like me in like this dusty dimly lit room at a computer doing nothing glamorous working with two old balding dudes and we're making a we're making a tv show you know and it's like this is what it's like there's nothing glamorous about this yet people say like i've like if I have anyone critique my resume, they're like, this is the shining star. And I'm like, that was the worst. It's just interesting. Right.
1: Yeah. And nobody's insta nobody's Instagramming the dingy dusty corner.
0: Right. And the keyboard.
1: I've even had moments recently right. like in the past couple of months where I'm like, I kind of want to Instagram this very like unattractive moment of me beating my head against the wall, working on these sides. You should. And then something in me is like, nobody cares. You know, like that's this like weird. That's weird. Mindset that we have where it's like people only want to see. The greatness. The, 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 the shot of me on a cliff in Italy. Like they the don't,
0: Kodak moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think fun. you should fight against that because to I me, agree. I think you're right. To me, like the interesting story to me, like the shining moments, the moments where you're on top of the mountain. Right. That's not. Form, that, that doesn't inform me at all about mm. who you are or what it took to get there. All it does is show me the victory.
1: But you care about but you care about the other things. Personally I care about the journey. Does everyone?
0: I don't know. Hopefully the people listening to this show do because that's I what the season's about.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I mean I do. I yeah. of course, that's that those people are that's the unforgettable stuff, right? That's for me, that's the mountaintop and then the climb, I don't know where I'm going with this.
0: What it took to get there is what makes you unforgettable.
1: Yeah. Not, not like, I don't know where I'm going. You do? I'm just thinking about social media and it's like, it's not, it's not that you have 10 million followers. So stupid. That's, that, that's forgettable. Yeah. But there's just there but but right now our our culture is like grasping at that as as the
0: as a valuation of yeah. something. Yeah. Which is funny because you could go buy ten million followers for hundred dollars somewhere, you know. So what again, what is the real value? What what are you really valuing mm-hmm. yourself on and the people who want you for those things? Are you really going to let them tell you who you are or how good you are?
1: And it's funny when you, it's funny the difference, like I've seen a difference in my own life Yeah. when eight years ago I moved to New York and I needed that validation because I was new to the business and I needed, I needed the permission, like you're saying, right? I need the permission to take steps and be bold and I need the validation so that I can know that I'm a good actor Versus the West today, eight years later, who i don 't need those things on a good day,
0: right, <laughs>
1: but I can see how people treat me differently when i when i 'm needy, people don 't really want to go there with me right it's like it's like it 's like a repulsive kind of thing it's like it, it repels, and then when you don't need stuff, people are attracted to you right and I can walk into an audition. I, <laughs> I literally, a couple years ago, I, I had an, a callback for a commercial. I was just, I was in a bad mood, which isn't, I don't typically carry my baggage into auditions, but today there was just, a, I don't know what was going on that day. And I walk in, I do my thing and the director, the whole creative team's in there. And I just hear the director's like behind a TV screen and I just hear, uh, yeah, can you just do it again? and i kind of trying to look at his face i'm like uh did sure yeah did you want anything different and he kind of sort of is off in some weird place and he's like um, no honestly i just i wasn't paying attention so if you could just do it again and i was so pissed yeah and i was like sure and i had this chip on my shoulder and i did it and i had this bad attitude and i did it and i booked it are you kidding <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And it's because you... I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and cool, of course, like, yeah, it would be cool to have this job, but like, I don't care if you guys yeah. like me.
0: Because ultimately, you're like, what do I have to prove to you? Exactly. <laughs> I don't care That's what the, you think. That is
1: it. That's the thing. And now, that doesn't mean go in and be a douche. You know what I mean? Because no. you, can't, you can't be a... Stay humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be mean to people, of no. course. But the, you... You nailed it. It's like, I don't have to prove something to you. Yeah. I'm Kat. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Are you in or are you out? Yeah. Here are the reasons why I think you should do it. Right. Or like, I'm West. This is what I've got. I mean, I've seen, I used to work in a casting office, mm-hmm. so I would be a reader for auditions as other actors were auditioned for roles. I would read with them. Yeah. So I got to see behind the scenes of castings. Yeah. And... I could see the difference between a needy actor coming in and an actor who just came in and was just like, here's what I have to offer, mm-hmm. take it or leave it. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was night and day. Right. You, you wanted the person that came in the second, like I did. I was like, I want this guy to get it. Right. He's confident. He, he just, he has what he has. So like.
0: And he knows his value. He knows
1: his value. He doesn't need me to tell it to, to him. To tell,
0: to validate him. Right. But yeah. Ultimately, I don't know if I'm a casting director or if I'm hiring someone, I don't want someone that I have to constantly... I don't want to have to constantly coddle and remind you who you are. Yeah, yeah. I need you to know that and live in it and be able to encourage yourself. Yeah. Because ultimately, I need you to be the one who forces yourself to perform.
1: And I might need you to help me. Exactly. And we don't think about that. Like, if I am not needy, maybe I can help someone else who maybe today is. Yeah. You know, maybe that maybe a casting director is having a bad day. I can go in and just, I don't know, like give them a little love. Yeah. And then, and then the dynamic is completely different. Then I'm all of a sudden I'm actually a giver and I'm actually someone who can provide something. Right. And then it's a different world, right? Right. It's not like, Oh, this guy needs something from us. It's like, Oh man, this guy has something to offer.
0: Yeah. You're a matcher. Right. You're matching value for value. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, less you are. Definitely unforgettable. Thank you, Kat. And thank you for coming on the show.
1: This was awesome. Cool. uh, That was
0: awesome. (laughs)